Today can be a hard day for people. On this day, we are asked to confront a reality that makes many of us uncomfortable. The vulnerabilities we usually hide away are brought up to the surface, and being asked to acknowledge those shortcomings can be crippling. The good and holy opportunities that we have missed or that we have been forced to release fill us with grief. The expectations placed upon us or that we place upon ourselves weigh us down to the point of breaking and not even falling onto our knees can provide any solace. Our failure to honor those people closest to us becomes a haunting and inescapable truth and even the tiniest cracks in those pivotal relationships become gigantic fissures under the emotional stress of this day. And that rare person who actually celebrates this day with all its raw emotion is usually dismissed by the rest of us as either strange or at the least dishonest. I am, of course, talking about Valentine's Day, (laughs) the day when countless romantic dreams meet their untimely end. Valentine's Day, with all the relationship pressure it brings, has the ability to send a couple on a one-way express trip to heartbreak. Valentine's Day can push the fast-forward button on a burgeoning relationship, artificially propelling a couple into a level of commitment they aren't ready to make. Or it can pour emotional gasoline on a sputtering romance, instantly ratcheting things up to an unsustainable level and burning off all possibility of returning to a long-term partnership. Or it can just remind us of how inevitable disappointment will be as long as we stay with our current partner. (laughs) Valentine's Day doesn't have to be like that. When we find a way successfully to resist the pressure to be someone we're not, And when we fight off the urge to expect more of our partner than anyone is reasonably able to provide, when we allow Valentine's Day to simply be another day to say I love you and to mean it, this day can be quite nice. Because any excuse, any reason to make a romantic gesture that actually reflects the love between two people Well, that gesture becomes an opportunity to allow that that love to be strengthened. It's only when the gesture is an attempt to cover something up or manufacture something that isn't there that we get into trouble. But today isn't just about romantic love. It's also Ash Wednesday, the day when the church offers its own gesture the sign of an ashen cross, as its attempt to convey a fundamental truth about who we are and how God loves us. But just like Valentine's Day, if that gesture isn't an expression of something we really feel, or at least something we really want to feel, then the gestures of Ash Wednesday are more likely to undermine that relationship with God that we hope to renew. The prophet Isaiah warns us what happens when our religious gestures fail to reflect the truth of our relationship with God. Day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, 
as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. The prophet has considerable skill to both praise the congregation and also point out their hypocrisy at the same time. As if wondering why God will not answer their prayers, the people respond, Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? And the prophet gives voice to God's reply, Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day, oppressing all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. In other words, We love practicing our religion, but we tend to ignore what those practices are trying to teach us. And instead of drawing us closer to God, those practices, because they are empty, end up pushing us further away. The fast that God chooses for us is not giving up chocolate or alcohol for 40 days. It's loosening the bonds of injustice, as the prophet writes. It's letting the oppressed go free. It's sharing our bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into our house. God wants us to adopt spiritual practices and say prayers that tell the truth about the brokenness in the world around us, that tell the truth about our participation and even our perpetuation of those brokennesses, and at the same time to tell us the truth that God is always calling us back. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. With those words, we are marked with the ashes, that substance of decay. We are marked in the shape of the cross, the sign of Christ's death, in order that we might remember our own mortality. Whether it's an infant in her mother's arms or a great-grandmother being helped up the chancel steps by the members of her family, we mark each person's forehead with that ashen cross, old and young and everyone in between, because our mortality, because the inevitability of our death is a universal truth that none of us escapes. But the reality of our mortality is only half of the truth that we seek to convey on Ash Wednesday, Because in response to our unavoidable death, God has given us eternal life. As Christians, we recognize that the cross of Jesus is not only a symbol of Jesus' death, but also the very means by which we are given new life. That means that we can see in the ashen crosses that we will wear both a sign of our mortality and a sign of God's victory over our mortality which is why Ash Wednesday is such an important but difficult day. In order for us to embrace the fullness of what this day conveys, which is to say, in order for us to try to wrap our arms around what the Christian faith proclaims, we must encounter both our frailty and God's strength that overcomes our frailty, both our finitude and God's infinite love that redeems our finitude both our sinfulness and God's unending mercy that reconciles us to God. What we come here to do on Ash Wednesday will not work unless we embrace both at the same time. We are mortal, and God loves us. 
We are sinful, and God loves us. We are broken, imperfect, selfish, faithless, and God loves us. Both pieces are true, and both are absolutely necessary. If the gesture we offer this day does not reflect the whole reality of our relationship with God, then it tends to undermine that relationship. Think about it this way. If we think that God will only love us, if we pretend to be better than we really are, how can we possibly know God's love? And if we are only here because we are interested in wallowing in our failures without also celebrating the certainty of God's forgiveness, how will we ever know God's love? Just as the right valentine reflects the love that exists between two people and because of that has the ability to strengthen the experience of love that those two people share, Ash Wednesday and the right disciplines of this day, when they reflect the love that exists between us and God, then what we do this day has the ability to deepen our experience of that love. As physical beings in a tangible world, we depend upon sacramental encounters like the ashen cross and the bread and wine of Holy Communion to convey to us the contradictory fullness of our faith. On Ash Wednesday, we get to acknowledge simultaneously the magnitude of our mortality and the surpassing magnitude of God's love. We get to hear that even our very worst is not enough to defeat God's great goodness. That's why on Ash Wednesday we come to the altar twice, once to receive the mark of our mortality and again to partake in the banquet of our resurrection. Today we experience both the fullness of our inadequacy and the fullness of God's perfecting love. And when we get it right... When we experience both of those things at the very same time, we find hope. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.